Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Any more people who don't pay your bills, don't put a roof over your head, don't make sure that you remain saved should not be given any room. Here are some of the things that you should make room for. I am the righteousness of God. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. I am blessed when I come. I am blessed when I go. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message is going to come from uh, the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read the fourth chapter, starting with the 25th verse, and go all the way down to the fifth chapter, ending on the second verse. Again, this is Ephesians chapter 4, verses uh, 25 through 5-2. I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version today. Let's see what the Word of God has to say for us today. Hear ye the Word of the Lord. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and wrangling and slander together with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We love you. We honor you. We praise it. We thank you for an opportunity to gather once again in your word and learn more about your son, Jesus Christ, in the pardoning of our sins. Lord God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, that those who don't know Jesus can get to know him. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today, I would love to talk a little bit about walking and talking like a Christian. Walk and talk like a Christian. Uh, Growing up, I sometimes did not get along with people. Uh, Had a little bit of trouble making friends 
primarily because of how I communicated. You see, either I was too quiet around people and that would make them uncomfortable or I would just bluntly tell them what was on my mind <laughs> and that made them uncomfortable as well. I've spent some time improving my communication skills. I still have my quirks, but I'm still improving. I'm not where I want to be precisely, uh, but I'm not where I used to be either. My communication and its improvement is a process that I am always trying to improve. Learning how to communicate with people is a skill that everyone can use. Talking to the right people the right way can take you places, money and credentials and positions will not. Uh, we see an example of how to talk like a Christian in the book of Ephesians uh, here in Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians is what we uh, call in seminary a, a so-called Deuteropauline letter, meaning that we can't confirm that Paul wrote this, but we think he did. And Ephesians was a letter that was written for a church in Ephesus which was an ancient Greek city, uh, now present-day Turkey. Uh, the Ephesian church was a church that had uh, Jewish people and Gentiles coming together to form a church. And that is important because that means the Jews and the Gentiles came together and these were a group of people who did not associate with one another if they did not have to. But when this man named Jesus came around, there were those who were born Jewish and had been Jewish all their life that believed he was the Messiah. And there were people who had not grown up in a church or a synagogue or knew anything about the Jewish faith, but they believed he was the Messiah, the Savior as well. So you have uh, uh, members born into the faith and members who just recently converted coming to form a church. I submit to you that I believe Ephesians is a powerful book and is valuable for many reasons. Uh, but one of the main reasons I believe Ephesians is uh, important is because when I look at the church of Ephesus in the book of Ephesians back then, I see the church right now. Uh, if the church wants to continue to survive another generation, we're going to have to be able to go out and get new people. We're going to have to look to join with people who didn't grow up in church all their life. We cannot depend on people in the church to have families and then when they have those families, uh, for the family members and the young people to stay around. 
I, 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 you know, there are some people that say, well, pastor, the church has been around and the church will be around. And I say not for long, especially if we continue on the current path. There are only so many years that a church can bury more people than it baptizes before you end up closing the doors for good. It's hard to get out of our old ways of thinking. It's easy to dip back into what we know how to do, how we used to do it and do it well. But in Christ, all things are made new. We are supposed to be constantly becoming new in Christ. And when those things are made new, we got to walk like it and we have to talk like it. Uh, Before we get to chapter four in Ephesians, the writer has been saying over and over again that we have new life in Christ Jesus. And with the new life, there's supposed to be a new way of living. Ephesians overall tells us uh, to avoid vices and adopt virtues. And the writer believes that the Ephesian church can rise to the occasion and become better church members, become better believers, become better people because they have power working inside of them that is better than and bigger than any power that is working outside of them. Uh, and so, so the writer gives uh, them in this passage of scripture uh, a, a few things for the church to work on, uh, both the new people and the longstanding people in the faith if they plan to work together. Uh, first thing I noticed in the text that the writer tells them to do is to change your mouth. Change your mouth. Uh, Put away all falsehoods and speak the truth to your neighbor. Put away all falsehoods and speak the truth to your neighbor. You know, I read a public, I've read several published reports uh, that said that the average person tells four lies a day. Four lies seems like a lot. And when I think about it, we do lie a lot. You might say, Pastor, I resent that remark. How dare you call me a liar? I'm not calling anyone a liar, but I am saying we all lie. Uh, What you do is not who you are. So when I say that we all lie, I'm not saying we are liars. What you do is not who you are. And I would say that we may not spend a lot of time lying to other people, but sometimes we lie to ourselves. I think the biggest lie we tell is, I'm fine. Trouble all around us, struggling to keep it together, 
But as soon as somebody asks us how we're doing, the default answer is a lie. I, can, I, I have some other ones for you. Just this once. Just this once to whatever it is. I'll never do that again. How about I don't care? Or you can't make me mad. I could spend all day talking about the lies that we tell and how we know they're lies because of the fact that a lot of times that you have to say it lets me know it's not true. But there are other parts of the text I, I want to touch on. But the point is, when it talks about putting away all falsehood and telling the truth to our neighbors, uh, if we are going to thrive, there must be some authenticity among us. Uh, we can do things exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or imagine according to the power working in Christ Jesus. But it starts with our mouths. What are we saying that is keeping us from this new life in Jesus Christ? We've got to change our mouths. Next thing we got to do is uh, we've got to, after changing, not only change our mouths, we got to change our minds. Uh, the Bible says to be angry, but do not sin. You know, just a random search on Amazon lets me know that there are thousands upon thousands and tens of thousands of books for sale on Amazon right now about anger management. We all can get angry. Uh, we might get angry because we didn't say some things before uh, that we needed to say when they needed to be said. And now it's coming up. But the Bible says to be angry, but not sin. Uh, you can be angry. Jesus got angry. But it's what you do with it and how you feel about it later that makes the issue. The Bible also says to not let the sun go down on your wrath. That means when you have an issue, you need to address that issue quickly. How much better would our lives be if we stopped holding on to things that happened long ago because we didn't nip it in the bud at the beginning, but we hold it in and we give room for the entity to come in. And when the enemy comes in, that throws you off and you hold on to things and it affects you going forward. <laughs> I have a spades tournament championship trophy in the house that I laugh about every time I see it. Uh, you see, around 10 years or so ago, my wife and I entered into a spades tournament championship, and, and uh, we were in one of the preliminary rounds losing the game. And when it came time to bid the next hand, our hand was not good. We went bored 
uh, for those that that uh, don't play spades, that's the minimum, the lowest amount that you can bid. And uh, the other team was about to make their bid, and they may have started to bid seven or eight, but my wife trash talked. And, and tricked them into bidding higher, so they ended up bidding 10. And so the group didn't make their bid that hand, and they got set. So they lost points and went on to lose the rest of the game, and we went on to the championship. But for the rest of that game, Every time it was time for the other team to bid, one partner would be ready to make a bid and his other partner would, uh, his partner would, would be mad at him and angrily say, are you sure you don't want to ask Latia first? You don't want to check her for the bid? Is that all right? And so they would argue with one another and they ended up losing the whole game. Well, pastor, what does that have to do about making room for the enemy? Well, you might not get fooled on a spade's hand. But someone may have told you you were not going to amount to anything. Uh, you can't give that room anymore. Somebody may have told you that you were not smart enough, uh, but you can't make room for that anymore. Somebody may have told you that you were ugly, but you are made in the image of God, so you can't make room for that anymore. People who don't pay your bills, don't put a roof over your head, don't make sure that you remain saved should not be given any room. Here are some of the things that you should make room for. I am the righteousness of God. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed in the field. I am blessed when I come. I am blessed when I go. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Many uh, are the afflictions, but the Lord will carry them out of them. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy shall come in the morning. Those are the things that you can make room for. Make room for the things of God. Amen. Change your mouth. Change your mind. And change your moves. Be imitators of God. When you are imitating something or someone, you talk like them. You try to look like them. You try to be the same places they are. You try to do the same things that they do. I was reading that uh, the, the, it was a psychology book I just recently finished, and it talked about how kids will not do most of what adults tell them to do, but will imitate what they see. We should be in places that God would be so that we can imitate them. We should do godly things so that we can imitate them. I wonder, can people tell that you are a believer without you telling them? Or are they shocked when they find out you go to church? Uh, we have to imitate and, and, and put in our hearts and minds and put things into us and let things come out of us that are of God. And imitating God is not a one and done deal. 
uh, the growth does not stop after you're baptized. The growth does not stop after you join a church. The growth does not stop after you get active in the church and become some sort of board member or leader. The growth uh, goes on and on and on. God marked us with a seal for the day of redemption. And when it says that we are marked with a seal for the day of redemption, the day of redemption is a goal, not just a day on the calendar. The goal is to be a better Christian day to day. Bishop Scott Jones said that there is no retirement from the work of God. We can always work to be better Christians today than we were yesterday. We can keep moving forward and keep moving forward because we're not moving forward by our own power. We have to put aside the bitterness and the maliceness and the, the falsehoods and, and pick up things of being sweet and tenderhearted and loving because we have new life in Christ Jesus. And we have new life in Christ Jesus, which means that we can change our minds and we can change our mouths and we can change our moves. We can forgive others as well because Christ has forgiven us. We can make those sacrifices and live in love because Christ already made the most significant sacrifice when he gave himself up for us. He made the big sacrifice in the hardest uh, part of this equation when he came from eternity and went through 40 and two generations and lived a life that we couldn't live and gave himself up and died a death that we couldn't die. He became the perfect sacrifice. He became the ransom for our lives. But I'm so glad that that is not where the story ends, because on the third day, he got up with all power in his hands. And I'm glad that's still not where the story ends, because he is coming back again. Will you be ready? We have new life in Jesus Christ that'll change the way we think. We have new life in Jesus Christ that will change the way we speak. And we have new life in Jesus Christ that will change what we do and how we do it. We just have to be willing to walk along with him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, church. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for yet another opportunity to learn about your son, Jesus Christ, and the pardoning of our sins and this new life that we have in Christ Jesus. Lord God, I ask that this word be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest, that your Holy Spirit will touch all those who need to be touched so that they'll ask, what must I do to become saved? Now, as we depart from this place, but never from your presence, I ask that you keep us all under your protecting care until we meet again. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.